and welcome to the broadcast today. I want to speak to you about the time that is in Christ and what, it, what God's time means. And uh, there's something that we as the church need to realize concerning the word of life and concerning the manifestation of it in our lives today. And uh, I think it will be really helpful for us to know this and to hear this. Um, we've heard the, the word of life, the message of life and immortality. And there's a lot of people that's very skeptical about the message, but it's, it's scripture, it's, it's everywhere, it's the word. Uh, you know, Second Timothy 1 verse 10 says, uh, God has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, Paul says, I was made a herald or a preacher to the nation. So we need to realize that life and immortality is... The word of life that God preaches, that God wants to, us to preach to the world today. So uh, God would not put it in the word if it wasn't for us. But we also need to realize that it's not something that happens automatically. It happens by grace. It is not automatic, but by grace. So for instance, uh, it is not automatically that someone will uh, get a suntan. They need to spend time in the sun for them to have a suntan. In the same way, we need to be, have our hearts exposed to the message of life. We need our hearts to be opened and the influence of the Holy Spirit, of the Spirit of life, need to have an influence on our hearts for, for the heart to absorb the, the life and for a change to take place and for the manifestation to, to happen. So it's, it's not our doing, it's God's work in us. But it doesn't happen automatic. We have a role to play. A lot of people think, uh, you know, God is just somewhere on planet heaven pulling his strings and pushing his buttons and then everything happens here and everything is God's will. It's not true. God's will uh, is reflected in the scripture. And when we as believers, we who, ha who have been made to rule on this earth, when we believe the scripture, then we make God's will to be manifested on the earth. Uh, remember that Adam uh, submitted himself to the devil. He submitted himself to the word of death. And uh, that word of death was the knowledge of good and evil, what is right and what is wrong. But there was another tree in the garden, which was the tree of life, which is the word of life, which is the message that God wants us to preach today. So before you uh, make any premature judgments, just hear the scriptures and just realize that the word of life is for you today. And we have been made so that God can indwell us and so that He can, with His everlasting, eternal, immortal life, touch our bodies and bring us to life. Uh, there are people in the world uh, that die every day. Death is a reality. But 1 Corinthians 15 says, We shall not all die, but we shall all be changed. So it doesn't matter what you see in 1 Corinthians 15. You cannot take away that scripture that says, We shall not all die. Uh, so... You know, in John chapter 11, Jesus said, uh, I am the resurrection and the life. If anyone believes in me, though they die, yet they shall live. So for them is the resurrection. And then he says, but if anyone remains and believes, he shall never die at all. Do you believe this? So that's the life part. So we need to realize that Jesus is the resurrection. Jesus is the life. And in fellowship with him who is the resurrection and the life, we will experience His resurrection life. We will experience 
the immortal life that he wants to reveal to the world today. It's not something to be smug about. It's not something that, uh, that we can just, you know, uh, think we are better than someone else because we have some revelation. No, that's nonsense. We, we need to realize that we, we, have, we have been given a lifeline, literally a lifeline. <laughs> and this word of life will mean the difference between life and death. The, the world today is in a state of death. Death is ruling over most of the world because the, world, the word of life doesn't have an influence in the hearts of most people. And um, when, when the knowledge of good and evil is present, death is present because the knowledge of good and evil isolates the hearts of people from the life-giving influence of the Spirit of God. Even if I, if I um, take it back to, to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 15 says, that uh, whenever Moses is read, a veil lies on their hearts and minds. So a veil on their hearts, on their minds, veiling them so that they cannot know the glory of God. Um, that was also the purpose of the veil between the holy place and the holy of holies uh, in the tabernacle and also later in the temple. is to shield the sinful people from the presence of God, from the glory of God. Because if a sinful person would come into the glory of God, they would die. And so the, the high priest could come once a year with blood to make atonement for himself and then for the sins of the people. Um, and he went in behind that veil once a year to make atonement. So uh, they, they did not believe they were forgiven because Jesus was not, was not crucified yet. But we do have the blood of Christ. We do have the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have received the spirit of life, the Holy Spirit of Christ. And that makes all the difference. Now, if we realize that our sins are forgiven, uh, you know, there's so many scriptures. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, we have forgiveness. Uh, Colossians 1 says, the Lord has, has uh, delivered us out of the kingdom of darkness and placed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, by whom we have redemption through His blood, which means the forgiveness of our sins. Acts chapter 13 verse 38 and 39 says, let this be clearly known among you that through this man forgiveness and removal of sins are now proclaimed to you. And that everyone that, that receives him uh, is justified from everything that, which they could not be justified from by the law of Moses and given a right standing with God. And then he goes on to quote um, Habakkuk in chapter 1. He says, so, let it, so, so, so take care, lest it be said of you what is spoken in the prophets. O you scoffers and you scorners, marvel and vanish and perish away. For I am doing a deed in your days that you will not believe even if it be told you. If you go back to, to Habakkuk uh, chapter 1, reading that, if you just go past a, uh, a couple of verses, it says, uh, You are from everlasting, O Lord, and we shall not die. So the revelation is, uh, we need to realize that by the blood of Christ, we are forgiven, which means we do not need to be shielded from the presence of God. The presence of God is now within us. And the presence of God is life. He is the tree of life. So now the only thing that can, sh that can uh, shield me from the presence now is the knowledge of good and evil. And the only way I can get the knowledge of good and evil, the knowledge of sin, is by the knowledge of the law of Moses. Now the law of Moses is in itself holy. It is holy not to steal. It is holy not to kill. The Holy Spirit will not steal. The Holy Spirit will not kill. So the Holy Spirit is in agreement with the law of Moses. The law of Moses is just and good. That is wonderful. And that's what Romans chapter 7 also says. But Romans 7 also says that uh, the law stirred up the forbidden desire in me. 
Okay, so if you look at Romans chapter 7 verse 8 and Romans chapter 7 verse 11, it's like by the commandment, sin took the opportunity by the commandment to, to bring death to me. Okay, so, uh, so the commandment stirred up all kinds of forbidden desires for without the law sin is dead. So sin is made alive when I get knowledge of sin that tempts me and that knowledge of sin comes to me through the law of Moses. Now we know that the law of Moses, you know, Romans chapter 3 says it, Galatians chapter 3 says it, there's other scriptures that says it, that no one will be justified by dependence on the law. Now if I look at the law and I see all those things that shouldn't be done and that should be done, I mean it's, it's, it's good, it's holy, but that cannot be the source of life because that spoke of Jesus Christ and not of me. So if I look at the law of Moses and I see the gospel unfolding and I see how everything that Jesus did is fulfilled, is a fulfillment of the law and the prophets, then I will see the truth. But if I see the law of Moses and I see a reflection of my sin, every time I read something I see how bad I am here and I miss it here and I miss it there, that will bring death to me. So it's literally the two trees that, that's spoken of in Genesis, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the tree of life and the one will kill you and the one will give you life so it is time for us to realize that the the um the knowledge of what is right and what is wrong and that and then my responsibility to choose between what is right and what is wrong is the message that brings death to me because it it shields me from the presence of god it takes me away from the experience of the spirit of christ if I look to the tree of life away from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, then I realize, but he is my source of life. I eat from the fruit of tree of life and I receive life in me. And then he is in me living his life in and through me. So, um, you know, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not by the law of Moses, but by the word of God. So if I hear the message uh, and that message ministers life to me, and my trust is put in what Jesus did for me on the cross. Instead of my trust being put on my seven steps and my ten keys and everything I need to do in order to qualify before God. If I realize I'm qualified by the Spirit through the, the, the sacrifice that Jesus brought on the cross. Then I'm on the road of, of manifesting Christ. Having fellowship with Christ. Having a relationship with Christ. And in that relationship, His life is manifested. And that life starts to affect our bodies until there's such a manifestation of it that we will live. Now if we look at Romans chapter 8 verse 10 and 11. Romans chapter 8 verse 10 says, Now uh, the body is dead by reason of sin and guilt. But the spirit is life, says the King James, but alive, says the Amplified, uh, because of righteousness that he has imputed to me. So by his action of declaring me righteous because I trust in what Jesus did for me to sanctify me. Life is coming because righteousness is coming. Do you see the difference there again? So the, the forgiveness of sins produce life. Uh, when sin, uh, sin is reckoned to someone's account, death is coming because the ultimate expression of the law is death, is uh, the punishment of sin, the ultimate punishment of sin is, is death. So uh, when I look to the forgiveness, life follows. Okay, so back to Romans 8 verse 10. 
the body is dead by reason, thinking, reason, of sin and guilt. So, but the spirit is life inside me because of righteousness that's being imputed. That means the message of the forgiveness of sins. So now he says, verse 11, And if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in my mortal body, the body that which is dead by reason of sin and guilt, that body will be restored to life by that spirit who dwells in me. So the spirit is life. And that spirit will have an effect on my body and he will save me from inside out. Now, how will this manifest? How will it happen? Well, if my mind is filled with the word of life and my heart is filled with the word of life and my lips continually, continuously speak the word of life. That means then that in this natural lifetime in which the body is, is subject to uh, sin and death, this natural life, in that time period where um, our bodies are alive and have a natural life, we can uh, receive a supernatural life from Christ because of righteousness being imputed to us, because of the forgiveness of sins, because the blood of Jesus has cleansed us. So in that time period, we have this natural life as a window of opportunity as a time period in which we can manifest uh, Christ, in which we can get to know Him and experience Him in reality and let Him have such a divine influence of life on our spirit, on our soul and ultimately on our bodies so that our bodies will live and not die. So that's why He says uh, He's brought life and immortality to light. So it's revealed through the gospel. So I hear the gospel of forgiveness and that light, that life and immortality is being manifested or revealed or uh, brought to where people can see it, manifested uh, in my life, in my body. It's by hearing and believing the gospel. It's by relationship, by fellowship with Jesus Christ. That's simple. So there's something I want to read to you in 1 Peter chapter 1. You must know that you were redeemed from the useless, fruitless way of living inherited by tradition from your forefathers, not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but you were purchased with the precious blood of Christ, like that of a sacrificial lamb, without blemish or spot. It is true that he was chosen and foreordained before the foundation of the world, but he was brought out to public view and made manifest in these last days for the sake of you. Through him you believe in God who raised him up from the dead and gave him honor and glory so that your faith and hope are centered and rest in God. Since by your obedience to the truth through the Holy Spirit you have purified your hearts for the sincere affection of the brethren, see that you love one another fervently from a pure heart. You have been regenerated, born again, not from a mortal origin or seed, mortal that means you can die, but from one that is immortal, which means it cannot die, by the ever-living and lasting Word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers, and the flower drops off. But the Word of the Lord endures forever, and this Word is the good news which was preached to you. So we need to realize this. 
we have been born again by the immortal seed, not the mortal seed. By the ever-living and lasting word of God. That word, says verse 25, is the good news that you have heard. Now, this word comes to us. The word of what Jesus Christ did for you. That's the word of life. That word's word comes to you, enters your mortal short-lived body, and through the Holy Spirit, your body is made alive. So now, all flesh is like grass, and the flower fades and it drops off. But the word is forever and endures forever. So now the word comes in, the word has an effect. And now this life is being made manifest in this time that this grass is still alive, before it fades out. And in this time period, this life can, can be manifested so strong that the life is no more a natural life of the grass, but it's taken over by a supernatural life which comes from the Spirit alone, the Spirit of life, the Spirit of Christ. So in, that, in this lifetime, natural lifetime, we can just live normally and do our things and, be, and believe in Jesus and then we die but we will be resurrected. Or we can spend our time in relationship with Jesus Christ and let His life daily come in and renew our hearts and have an influence on our hearts so that we can experience day by day more and more and more and more of His grace, of His love, of His, in, uh, His indestructible power, His life that is in us. And that builds up and, and then we get to a point where you don't get sick anymore, where, where we start to live longer, where we start to experience more of His life. So then the flower takes a bit longer to fade. So you have more time to manifest. <laughs> do, do you see what I'm saying? So we, we can, by the word, I've seen this in the lives of some, some people, that the life starts to manifest so much in, in the, the instance of the one person that he, he doesn't get his sustenance from uh, normal natural food, but, but from the word and from communion with the body of Christ in the communion, the bread and wine. Uh, living without food. Now that's, that's scary for some people and God doesn't expect that. But it's a manifestation by the gospel of Jesus to show that there is a supernatural life that can sustain our bodies. And also then, uh, of people who live longer uh, than they were expected to by doctors because of them grasping onto the, the word of life uh, and, and the boundaries of what used to be possible, what was expected of, of the life that we could have had, is just pushed back because of the word of life that we grab hold on. Now, if we can see little bits of manifestation of this word of life already, how much more is now available to us when we really take the word, word and when we really live in a true relationship with Jesus Christ? I believe that the Lord wants to manifest Himself in His body. He is the head and we are the body. I believe that He wants to show forth to the world everything that is possible for Him. I, I believe that we can live and not die. That there's a, there's a life that is revealed that is stronger than anything that the world can dish up for us. Okay, so uh, I just want to read 2 Corinthians 6 to you. Laboring together as God's fellow workers with Him then. We beg of you not to receive the grace of God in vain. 
That merciful kindness by which God exerts His holy influence on souls and turns them to Christ, keeping and strengthening them, do not receive it to no purpose. For He says, in the time of favor, now this is what I'm saying to you now, in the time of favor, I have listened to and heeded your call. I have helped you on the day of deliverance. Behold, now is truly the time of a gracious welcome and acceptance, acceptance of you from God. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So God says we can labor with Him. We don't have to, we don't work for God. We work with God. Now, uh, He says, do not receive this grace, which is God's holy influence on souls. Do not receive it to no purpose. The purpose of the grace is to bring life to us. So we labor with God. We don't, labor, we don't work for God, but with God. And God wants to manifest His glory, His life, and His, His glories, everything, all the promises, everything. He wants to manifest it in His body. Now, we are the body. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, God says, this, uh, In the time of favor, I have listened to and heeded your call. I have helped you on the day of deliverance. Behold, now is truly the time for a gracious welcome and an acceptance of you from God. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So in Romans chapter 5, it said, At the fitting time, Christ died for the ungodly. Now I believe now is the fitting time. Now is the time of salvation. Now is the time where God wants to reveal everything that Jesus died for in His body, which is the church. God doesn't want you to suffer. God wants you to experience His grace, His glory, His kindness, His merciful, wonderful influence on, on souls. He wants to save you from the inside out. He wants to manifest His life so that your body will live and not die. He wants to show forth His glory so that the, the world can see that, that the Father has sent Him. God wants you to experience the goodness and the kindness and the mercies of God. God wants you to experience everything that He has done, everything that He has promised. Psalm 102 says the following, But you, O Lord, are enthroned forever, and the fame of your name endures to all generations. You will arise and have mercy and loving kindness for Zion, for it is time to have pity and compassion for her. Yes, the set time has come, the moment designated. There's a designated time in Christ. God says, now is the time of a gracious acceptance. Now is the time of favor. Now is the time to favor Zion. And just a, a little bit further, he says, When the Lord builds up Zion, He will appear in His glory. He will regard the plea of the destitute and will not despise their prayer. Now that's exactly what he said in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. He's heard the prayer of the, the people. He's heard us. And he says, now is the time. This is the time. He says here, uh, the set time to favor Zion has come. The moment designated. So in God, there is timing. Um, and God's time works like this. Joel chapter 2 says, The years that the locusts and the, and the palmer worm and the canker worm is eaten, God will restore. So in one moment, God can restore to you what in all the years have been taken away from you. In one moment, in one little bit of time, in a, in a second spent in the presence of God, in a moment designated, in a moment that we um, receive a manifestation and a revelation of this glory and this life that Christ wants to give to us, in such a moment, 
things can be restored. God can do in a split second what years of counseling can, cannot do. God can add to you in a split second what years of work couldn't have done. Uh, we need experience with God. God can manifest life that all our efforts could never achieve. So just in this relationship, in this fellowship, in this experience with the Lord Jesus Christ, there is a life waiting, stored up for us, waiting to be revealed. And I believe now is the time where we can start experiencing this life. And this life is not something that will come automatically. It will be by receiving the grace of God, by living in fellowship with Jesus. And that can only come by hearing and believing the message of the blood of Christ, the sufferings of Christ on the cross for you, that He died so that we can live and that your sins are forgiven by His righteousness being imputed to you. So I bless you now and I pray that God will give you experiences and, and let His life be manifested in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. The message of the gospel is forgiveness. And grace and love. The message of the gospel is not the pointing of the finger. Yeah,